0: Hello, this is Josh Chrisman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I wanna say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Praise the Lord, everybody. God is good, amen. His kindness is forever. His goodness is forever. I'm thankful for the Lord. I'm thankful for where he brought me from. Has he brought anybody out? Has he brought anybody out of darkness? Has he brought anybody out? Amen. He is good. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, it's glad to be back in Cambridge. This is my second time here. Third time here, actually. I love this church. I want to give honor to your my pastor, Pastor Bounds, he is the man of God in my life, and I would not be here if it wasn't for him, I'll tell you that, he's helped me through a lot, but I'm going to give honor to your pastor, Pastor Christman, he's one of my good friends, and uh, his family, love them very much, Um, and I'd like to give honor to my wife, she is a blessing to me, and she's doing something that I couldn't do if I tried to do. She's making a baby. <laughs> so we're going to have a baby in April, so. <laughs> yep, this will be our first child, so it's uh, kind of scary and kind of, you know, all kinds of mixed emotions, but it's going to be good. God is good. Amen. Amen. Yes, yeah, so uh, I would like to turn your attention to Genesis chapter 17. We're going to read verses 2 and 4. 2 through 4. Sorry. And when you've got it, say, I've got it. And if you don't got it, we've got it for you. Jesus, name, glory is good. Everybody got it? All right. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations." Why don't you uh, lay your Bibles down and we'll, we're going to lift our hands and we're going to focus on the Lord right now. God, I thank you, Jesus, for this time here today. God, I thank you for the people of God, your precious people, God, who you care about so much, God. I thank you, Lord, for every person in this building. God, nobody is here by accident. God, you have divinely ordered them to be here, God. You are in control of our lives. God, I pray that you anoint their hearts to receive. Why don't you ask God to open your heart right now? Open your heart to God and ask him, God, speak to me today. Jesus, I pray, God, that you would speak to us today. Speak to us, God. Anoint their hearts to receive and their ears to hear, oh God, what you would have to say. God, anoint my lips to speak what you would have to say. God, I pray that you make me a conduit for your spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I was thinking about that song, the, the last couple of songs. Your goodness is running after me, you know. And I, I, it just, I don't. It never gets old, you know, living for God and how. And if you if you think back and, and see where He's brought you from, He He is so good. You know, I've I've always been in church. You know, I've told a little bit of my testimony here, but you know, I. I was born dedicated to church, and um, my parents fell out of church, got into drugs, I got on drugs, you know, doing some crazy stuff when I was a teenager, and, you know, just, uh, you know, getting into trouble and stuff, and, you know, His mercy and His goodness never stopped following me. No matter what I was doing, God always protected me, and He always brought me back. And this is because... When you, when you get into covenant with God, he is, the Bible says he's married to the backslider. He's, he's, he's connected to you. It's like a marriage. It's like a wedding. And that's what I want to talk today about. I want to talk on the subject, a covenant. A Covenant. So what is a covenant? A covenant is an alliance, a pledge, or an agreement. And this can be between God and man, or between a man and a woman. A covenant can be made, kept, or violated. And so, an example of a covenant, I'll read you one here. I, blank, take thee, blank, to be my wedded wife or husband, To have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, till death do us part, according to God's holy ordinance, and thereto I pledge thee my faith. Does that sound familiar to anybody? (laughs) This is, marriage was created by God. God created marriage. Marriage is not man-made. It is a divine order and constitution of God. And once this union has been made, it is not to be broken. Marriage is for life. And God uses his, the, the institution or the image of marriage to have a relationship with his bride, which we are the bride of Christ. As the church, we are the bride. Amen. And he is the groom. And so when he makes his covenant with us, he has vowed to never leave us or forsake us. He is going to stick with us, and He's going to go after us no matter what. If we turn our back on God, He is there. He will never turn His back on us because He has made that covenant with us. God is faithful. Amen? Amen? Amen. We did not choose to be created. We were formed by the dust of the earth. God breathed into man the breath of life. God chose this for us. God chose to create us. But he created us with the ability to choose. So it's like an author. An author is someone who writes a book. And they are. one author is the complete creative authority over that book. They are going to start the book, and they are going to see it through and finish the book. Well, God loves us so much that he has created us, and he is the author of life and creation. But he chooses, he allows us to have a choice. So we're kind of like co-authors of our lives. So every choice, if you want to be a righteous person, do you know what righteousness means? Righteousness, I always pray, God, I want to be a righteous man. God, make me a righteous man. And I've found out through just years of living for God that righteousness is basically choosing the right thing. Righteousness is, at every point in decision in your life, righteousness is just choosing the correct thing. You can choose to rob a bank. You can come to the choice and say, "Hey, I'm. Go- I need this money. I'm going to rob this bank." Well, a righteous man would say, "No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to rob the bank. I'm going to, you know, get a job." That's righteousness. It's as simple as that. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't take. It doesn't take the. The holy you know, anointing of God to take control of your life to make you a righteous man. It's just choosing righteousness. It's just choosing the right thing. Amen. And so, God created created us with this ability to choose. And this is a great responsibility, especially when you get into covenant with God. And we'll talk more about that later. But the Bible says in Matthew 22 and 14, "...for many are called, but few are chosen." And I believe that between the calling of God and the choosing stands your will. And your will, it's, it's our will that, that, that is the pivotal point between the calling of God and the choosing. We have to choose. God will draw us to a place, and then he will give us the opportunity to choose. And I'm sure there are many here that have chosen to live for God. Has anybody chosen to live for God here? Amen. Yep, I thought so. So, we've chose to, we have chosen to do that. And that is a continual choosing. Sometimes it's a daily. Sometimes it's, a, it's minute by minute. It seems like, man, I'm just struggling, you know. I, I have to make the right decision at every moment to live for God. But this is a choice. There is a calling, and there is a choosing. And there is a Covenant. In Genesis chapter 12 there was a man that was called by God. This man heard the calling and felt the drawing of God like most of us have. If you are in this room today, you're not here by accident. The Bible says no man comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. You are here because God opened the door for you. It's not an accident. I don't I don't believe that's an accident. I'm not standing in this pulpit today because of an accident. You know, God is in control and I've given my life for that. So God will make a way for you. You take a step to God, and He will make provision for you. And this man, hearing the calling and feeling the drawing of God, he chose to answer the call. This man's name was Abraham. In Genesis uh, 12, 1-4, the Lord said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, Unto a land that I will show thee. So Abraham departed, and the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was seventy five years old when he departed from Haran. God called Abraham, and Abraham chose to follow him. So I'm going to read uh, quite a bit of verses here. I'm in Genesis chapter 15, if you want to to follow along. I'll be reading 8 to 10, 10 verses here. The Bible says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. God is our reward. It's not the things that we can get for living for God. He is our reward. If we could, get, if we could focus, get that focus, that he's our reward, and if we seek the kingdom first, everything else will be added unto us. Because he's our reward, not what we can get from living for him. And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus, and Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own boughs shall be thine heir. So God was telling him, no, this, this guy in your house, the servant's not going to be your heir. You're actually going to have a kid, even though you're old, even though you're 75 years old. You're, you're going to have a kid. Just trust me. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. He said unto him, so shall thy seed be. He said, Abraham, look at the stars. If you can count those stars, which you probably can't, that is going to be how that is going to be your seed, because Abraham hadn't had children up to this point, 75 years, no kids. I mean, I'd probably give up by then, but <laughs> but God's telling him now, he's an old man. God's saying, look at these stars. You are going to have this many. Your seed is going to be this many. That seems like a impossibility, especially at 75, um, but anyway, so... And the Bible says he believed the Lord, and it counted to him for righteousness. So his faith was counted as righteousness because he believed what God said. And I think sometimes that's just what we need to do. We just need to believe what God said. We need to believe the word that God has given us and have faith and hold on to it. Because God cannot lie. Amen? And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land. God brought him out from where he was. His, his dad was actually an idol maker. His, his dad created idols for people to worship. And God brought him out of the world, so to speak, brought Abraham out to bring him into the promised land. So, and he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit this land? And then God proceeds to tell him, I'm not going to read it all, but God proceeds to tell him to take a few animals. He takes. Let's see here. He takes a goat, a ram, turtle doves, and a, a heifer, a cow, and he divides them up into pieces. He kills them and cuts them up, and and so he he basically makes a sacrifice, a large sacrifice, and then in 17 the Bible says, and it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace. And a burning lamp passed between those pieces of of that sacrifice, those pieces of those animals. And it came to pass, oh, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, from the river Egypt, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. So, he says how will I know that I will inherit this promise that you are giving me? The burning lamp that passed between the pieces of the sacrifice represented God. So God came down as a light, as a burning light, and passed through these pieces of this this covenant. God made himself known in the sacrifice of Abraham. If you are giving up anything, if you've left the world, if you've left anything in the world, just know that God will make himself manifest in your sacrifice of turning away from something. God will always make himself known in your sacrifice. And just, and and so, God was saying, just as you have made a sacrifice here with these animals, I promise you that one of these days, according to my covenant with you, I will make the greatest sacrifice of any man. I will become a man, and as the blood of the animals has been shed, so will my blood be shed for the world. So God was saying, I'm going to come down in this sacrifice, and he said, my covenant. What's a covenant? So have you ever heard of a blood covenant where brothers, people, I don't know, they're blood brothers. They'll cut their hand and put their hand together like they're, they're in covenant. They're, they're true to each other. They're not, gonna, they're not gonna, I'm not gonna do you wrong. You're not gonna do me wrong. If you do, then one of us has to die or something like that, you know, like in gangs. That's how they do it. Well, that's what God was saying. He was saying, as was done to these pieces, it's gonna happen to me. That's how God, the Bible said God swore by himself because you can't swear by anything less than you. You have to swear by something greater than you. And God said, I swear by myself that I will make this promise happen. You will be, you will be a a father of many nations. And so by this time, moving forward, by this time, Abraham had Isaac, his son, his first son. He had him at like a hundred years old, his first son. Well, it was his first son in the order of God anyway. Um, And so it came in Genesis 22 and one through two, And it came to pass, after these things, God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. So God is telling him to take his only son, after he had been waiting and waiting and promised he said, take your only son and go on this mountain and kill him. So Abraham packs up, he gets Isaac, he gets the wood, he gets the knife, he gets the fire, and he heads up the mountain, Mount Moriah, to sacrifice his only son. And the Bible says that Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, son. And he said, Behold, there's fire and the wood, but where's the lamb? Isaac didn't know he was going to die. He didn't know he was the sacrifice that day. And then Abraham told him, God will provide. So when they got to the place that God showed them, he bound Isaac, and he was ready to sacrifice him. So, you know, when you get into covenant with God, Abraham's in covenant with God. God, you'd think that it's going to be roses, you know, it's going to be great, it's going to be awesome, it's going to be wonderful. It's not necessarily always going to be great, you know. God's going to ask, sometimes God asks us to go through some things. But the truth of the matter is, God is always faithful. God is always just. You know, when you when you make a marriage vow, you say, you know, it's it's all good until that moment, whenever it's not good. You know, you you make the you make the vow. You stand there before the preacher and you say, "I do." You say, "I do" to all this stuff: rich, poor, sick, health, until death does part. But what about when, those vow, when you have to live up to those vows, you know? What about when you have to live up to the, the things that are required of the vow that you gave? You know, I'm not very old, but I, I've had to experience that. I don't know, some of you might know my story, but, you know, I was married, and I was only married for a couple years, and... I made those vows and as a young man you make those vows and you don't know you don't expect to have to live up to the majority of those vows until later in life and in sickness and in health until death do us part my wife got sick with cancer and like I said you don't think you're gonna have to live up to the vows that that you don't think you're going to have to go through that so soon, you know? You think maybe 60, 70, 80, then I'll have to deal with that. But no, when you, when you get married, when you're in covenant with somebody, and then they get sick, and you have to stick with them and love them through it and take care of them, and, and, and it's, it's just not all it's cracked up. You think it's going to be great. You think it's going to be wonderful. But sometimes that's the way it is with God. You know, it's not always going to be the greatest but God, God is in control. God is, Amen. he's the one that's on the throne and he knows what's best for us. And so, but you have to keep your end of the, the deal, just like God did. You have, to, you're in covenant now. And you've made a vow to God. And God has, is faithful to us and we must remain faithful to him Amen. through all things. Amen and just as he was about to sacrifice Isaac he lifted up his eyes and looked and beheld a ram caught in a thicket by his horns and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son because you see Isaac wasn't good enough it was just a, it was just a type and shadow of what was what was going to happen you know Isaac g Isaac wasn't good enough to die for the sins of the world. But God wanted to see if there was a man that was willing to hold up his end of the covenant. And by doing so, that made room for us, by by Abraham's decision, to give it all. He was going to give it all. In Genesis 22 and 16 through 18, God said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee, thy seed as the stars of heaven, as the sand which is upon the sea shore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. God's just looking for someone to get in covenant with him. He opens the door for us and to stay true to God because he knows what's best. Amen. And Abraham made that decision to sacrifice and give it all for God. Like I said, he opened the door for all of us. And the promise of God to Abraham was activated when he gave it all. Abraham kept the covenant. God tempted Abraham to see if he was going to keep the covenant. But in reality, Isaac, Isaac couldn't do it. God called Abraham to Mount Moriah to sacrifice his son. But when he got there, God provided a sacrifice for him. This is the parallel. God is going to pr- provide the sacrifice for us. And he did. Because the, the type and shadow of this is, is Jesus is going to die for our sins. A son is going to die. i want to go to uh, John chapter 19. The Bible says, but they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, shall I crucify your king? The Jews were the ones coming together to crucify Jesus at this time. And so Pilate says, should I crucify your king? And the chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. They denied the Christ. They denied Jesus. And then delivered he him therefore unto them to be sacrificed. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha where they crucified him and there were two other with him on either side and Jesus said in the midst and Pilate uh, and Jesus in the middle of two sinners on the cross and Pilate wrote on the title Jesus of Nazareth King of the Jews now it's interesting because Golgotha where Jesus carried his cross up to on Golgotha history records that This was actually Mount Moriah. It was the exact same place that Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. So it's a direct parallel. It was a foreshadowing of what God was going to do for us. A son was going to die, but it wasn't going to be Isaac. He just wanted to see if Abraham was willing. Is there a man that's willing to actually live for me and to give up his will and his desire for me, his own flesh and blood? You know, sometimes we have to give up our own flesh and blood, our will, like what we want to do for God. And so that was the same place. Golgotha was Mount Moriah. It was a fulfillment of the promise that God made to Abraham. Amen. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 2 real quick. Because there's a promise, and then there's the fulfillment of the promise. The fulfillment of the pro- promise wasn't that Isaac was born, because Isaac's just one kid. He said he's going to be as the stars and the sand of the sea. So how, how is that even possible? How can one man have that many children? The Bible says in Acts 2, verse 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that the God that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So, prior to this, they were up in the, the upper room, and they received the Holy Ghost. Peter preaches to the Jews and, and, and everybody around, and when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. When they heard that they had killed Jesus, the Messiah. They were pricked in their hearts. And they and that's when they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And he, he gave them the salvation message. I want to read, I'm going to read a poem to you. There is only one God, but there are two sides of the cross. One side for the sinner and one for the saved one side full of guilt bitterness hurt and shame this side is hopeless helpless and full of pain rejection and fear there is no life here wounds that never mend weeping that does not end the soul longing for a drink that cannot be quenched Lungs gasping for air, the pain the body cannot bear. On this side of the cross, a life was given. Blood was shed. The price was paid for the joy that lay on the covenant side of the cross. So the poem is speaking of the things that Jesus endured before, during, and during the cross. If you're a member of the human race, which we all are, you have undoubtedly felt some of these emotions and pains in life. Things such as hurt, shame, bitterness, rejection, fear, hopeless, helplessness. First Peter says, Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on, on the tree. That we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. We the Bible also says that we have not a high priest that cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. God became sin so that we could live. God took it and bore it all on the cross. So there's two sides of the cross one side for the sinner, one for the saved. On the side of the sinner, there is an opportunity to be in covenant with God. On the side of the saved, you are in covenant with God. And so, what does it mean to be in covenant with God? I encourage the saint of God today that God is in in covenant with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. And if you're not in covenant with God, be encouraged that there is another side of the cross to experience. Being in covenant with God is to repent and to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Because when you're baptized in the name of Jesus, the Bible says you put on Christ. The one who died for you, you are washed. Your sins are washed. And you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when you're in covenant with God, He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you like I've said. But I'm closing now. If you'd all stand. I just, you know, when the word goes forth, there's, there's a response. And I just want to encourage somebody today that if you are, have been on your journey, on your way, and you feel like, where is God? Has God left me? Has God forsaken me? God has not left you and he has not forsaken you. He is here today. If there's anything you need from God, he is here today. There's, a, there's a, a story in the book of Hosea. Hosea is a man who married a woman. She was believed to be a harlot. And he, God, God told him to marry her. And he, so he, he set out. He married her. And he said, the Bible says that he married her And then she ran out on him. She ran out, he couldn't find her. She was, you know, being a harlot. She got pregnant, he found her, he brought her back. She had the baby, he was raising the kid. She left him again, three times she left him. And comes back pregnant. He takes care of these kids. The last time she leaves, He goes out and searching to find her. And he sees her on an auction block. He sees his wife about to be sold to some man that's going to do God knows what to her. She's standing up there on the auction block. People bidding. Prices on her. Hosea finds himself in that same crowd, and he starts bidding. And he bids the highest price. He pays a price that nobody was willing to pay for that woman. She's not worth that. That's way too much money for her. She's not good enough. But this is a representation. This is a story of how God feels about you. God saw you. God saw you in your darkest place. When you didn't think you were good enough. When you didn't think you were worthy. God saw you. And he said, I'm going to pay the highest price. I'm going to pay the price of my life. I'm going to pay the price that nobody else can pay. I wonder if you could just lift your hands right now and open your heart to God and thank God for the price that he has paid for us. Because I don't care if you're in covenant with God right now, if you have the Holy Ghost, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, or if you haven't, God has paid that price for you. God has paid the price for you in this place today. You are here for by no accident. God, I thank you, Jesus, right now. Thank him, open your voice, open your, open your heart to God right now. God, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. God, I thank you for the cross. I thank you, Jesus. I want to be in covenant with you, God. Oh God, do you wanna be in covenant with God today? Just lift your voice to God right now. Jesus, God, I pray right now for everybody under the sound of my voice, God that they would open their heart to you right now, Jesus. God, and to realize that there is better, there is greater for them, O oh God, on the covenant side of the cross. In the covenant with you, O oh God. In Jesus' name I pray, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Is there anybody in here who wants to be in covenant with God? If you want to be in covenant with God, I, I encourage you to run to this altar right now and, and show God that you want to be in covenant with Him. This is an outward expression of, of wanting to be in covenant
1: Thanks again
0: for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.